idea to be living alone anymore, the Meadows of Wadena can offer you a timely new beginning. The amenities they offer can make your life easier and more organized without the stress. And listen to this. If you move in by July 1st of this year, the Meadows will take $1,000 off your rent the first month. Some restrictions apply. Stop in or call the Meadows of Wadena, 218-632-3610. Good morning. This is the morning sports desk for a Monday. It is the fifth uh, or the uh, second of May and the fifth month here. And Corey not able to join us today. He's uh, over on the superstation, but. We do have a game we want to unveil. Since he can't be here, he uh, has a list of questions for me. Uh, we're going to call it the cycle. Uh, so in baseball, of course, hitting for the cycles, getting a single, a double, a triple, and a home run all in one game. So this cycle is four questions. First is a one-parter, second has two parts, the third has three, and the fourth, obviously, uh, has four. So let's get question number one on the books here. Let's do this. All right. So the wild open the playoffs tonight against the St. Louis blues. Corey wants to know what's a breakdown of this series. And well, here, here's my breakdown. And look, I'm, I'm not claiming to be an expert hockey mind. I'm somebody who's more casually watching on the wild. I can't really break down the game of hockey for you, but here's what I can tell you about what I've saw about the, about this playoff series. They're going to play tonight, 8.30 on ESPN, Wild and Blues. The Wild got home ice advantage over the weekend, so it's in St. Paul tonight. And here's the thing, the Wild, they lost every single game against the Blues all season long. They're, uh, the Blues are 5-0 and against the Wild, and... Um, I just don't think that's sustainable. I don't think that the Blues are going to sweep the Wild. I, I So I think that the Wild, they know that they got swept against them in the regular season. They don't want to do that again. This team's got a chip on their shoulder. They're chippy. They're... Uh, you know, they got a, a bleep you attitude. They have something along that line. So I, I think that's all right. And that kind of ties into my next point. Uh, so I think the Wild have a chance to win the series. I think they will win the series. Um, but... This is the point that we've talked all season and I've talked all season about the culture of the wild and how it's so much better than it's been in recent years. And they need to break the stigma of the bad locker room, which they did this year. And they also need to break the stigma of this team flopping in the playoffs. Now, last season, they lost to Vegas in seven games in the first round, a fun series, but they're expected to win at least one series this year and, and to make a little run here. They have the goaltending to do it. They have the goal scores in Kaprizov. They have kind of the edge. They have the coaching. They just need to go out and execute and actually just win the games. So now's the time to break that stigma. You have a, a, a Kaprizov, who's a bona fide superstar. Kaprizov is easily the best player in wild history, and he's only played two seasons in Minnesota. Uh, so he's a guy who's a superstar. Uh, he's a guy who needs to have a big series and he's a guy you can win a Stanley Cup with. And I think the Wild have a good chance to do that. Now against the Blues, they got to take care of business. They got to just, they got to be able to play clean, have to get good goaltending. Every single Stanley Cup champion has good goaltending and the Wild have the goalies to do it in Mark Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot. A nice little one-two punch. So there you go. All right. 
Number two, here's the double. The Timberwolves season officially came to an end over the weekend, losing to the Memphis Grizzlies. Was it a disappointing end? Well, yes, that's the short version. Yes, it was a disappointing end to the season. My long answer to that is that in the history of the NBA playoffs, no team has blown a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter more than once. The Minnesota Timberwolves in this playoff series did it three times. Three times they blew a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. That's disappointing. The Wolves were the better team on paper. They're the more talented team. And they obviously weren't the better team in the end because they couldn't find a way to win. And lack of playoff experience, sure. Uh, the Wolves have some pretty low basketball IQ. Um I mean, really, if you look at their shot selections in the fourth quarter, uh, this will be something to talk about over the offseason, but D'Angelo Russell, I've never been a D'Angelo Russell guy, and his flaws showed in the playoffs. He did not have a good series. Uh, so I, I think there's some disappointment, yes. But uh, the second part of the question, what's your outlook on the season? It was a great season. They won 46 games. The, the Timberwolves were the losingest franchise in North American sports. They made the playoffs. They were fun. They had personality. Anthony Edwards is a budding superstar. Um, this was a great season. They went to six games in the playoffs. It was a 7-2 series. They could have rolled over and died. They didn't. They, it was fun. It was competitive. It shows that this Wolves team has the potential to be great, but it just shows that there's some work that needs to be done. So that's my uh, that's my kind of take on the Timberwolves. Uh, disappointing end, but let's not forget, it was a great season. There's plenty more work to do, and it starts with maybe trying to see if you can move on from D'Angelo Russell, in my opinion. Uh, here, let's try for the triple. The Vikings wrapped up the draft over the weekend. What's my final grade? Uh, well, that's a C+. Plus. C+. Plus. It was fine. It wasn't a disaster. Now, keep in mind, all these picks won't really play until September. We won't even see them in full pads until August. But just in the pure outlook of what this, of what the last weekend was, I would give it a C plus. Good, but not uh, passable, but not great. Um, what did they get right? Well, they got bodies in the secondary, which was something that they definitely needed. They drafted a safety in the first round in Lewis Seen. They drafted Booth Jr. in the second round. Um, and they also, uh, his name escapes me, but in the third round, they drafted another corner out of Missouri. So they definitely, so they have three new bodies in the secondary. And that's something they desperately, desperately needed. They needed to get bodies at corner. Uh, because they have Cam Dantzler, who the jury's still out on if he's actually good, and Patrick Peterson, who's fine, he's a serviceable player, but he's nowhere near the player he once was, Patrick Peterson. So you definitely need to get some young bodies in a corner, try and work away at that. Uh, Lewis Seen is a guy who you definitely needed a second safety outside of Harrison Smith, and maybe Lewis Seen is eventually the guy who takes over the Harrison Smith role on the defense. So, uh, you know, there's some things that they got right. The last part of the question, what did they get wrong? Well, I mean, honestly, uh, look at all the picks the Vikings drafted. And is there any difference from what Rick Spielman would have done than what Kwesi uh, Adolfo Mensa did? Uh, I, I can't really tell you. It was exactly the same. Uh, and they also got wrong, by the way, in trading with two division rivals. The Green Bay trade wasn't as egregious because Green Bay was going to trade up for a wide receiver anyways, and they gave you two picks in the same round. That one was fine, but 
The d- trading up with Detroit was an interesting one. I wouldn't have done that. Trading all the way back when you could have taken Kyle Hamilton, who's a game-changing safety. Talked a little bit about that on Friday's podcast. You can listen to that on WadenaRadio.com. But uh, it, it's just they, there was no difference than what than what Kwesi has done than what uh, than what anybody's done than what Rick Spielman has done before. So there was no change. It was just the same. And there was the joke of like it's the Fred from Scooby Doo, and he pulls off the mask, and it's Kwesi, uh, and he pulls off the mask, and it's actually Rick Spielman, the Vikings' old general manager in free agency and in the draft. There's nothing that really happened that you could differentiate between the two. We still really don't know how they're feeling. Now, again, maybe these picks work out, maybe they don't. I just, I think they passed up on some opportunities to kind of start a rebuild, and instead they're on this competitive rebuild, which is we're still going to try and win while retooling, and I don't, I just don't think it's going to work. I think the Vikings roster isn't in the right position to make that work, but the Vikings ownership wasn't willing to go into full rebuild, and we'll see how it pans out. All these picks could be good. We haven't seen them play. They could also be bad. I don't know. We kind of have to wait and see, which is the nature of the NFL. It's a lot of hype. Uh, lastly, let's go for the home run here. The Twins are rolling, says Corey. One month in, how do I feel? I feel great, honestly. The Twins, as Glenn Perkins said yesterday uh, on uh, Twins Live after the game, the Twins are on a 92-win pace. If they kept up winning, I know they're only 13-9 and or 12-9 and or whatever the record says, but they're on pace to win 92 games. And if you told me coming in, yeah, the Twins will be on a 92-win pace after April, 10 times out of 10, I'm hitting that button. So, yeah, I, f- I feel pretty good. Does the pitching leave me uneasy? Actually, no. The pitching has been the best part of this team, really. I know the offense is starting to pick up, but the pitching has been there all season long, and it doesn't matter what lineup they play or how warm it is outside. These pitchers are still finding ways to real uh, to pitch really good ball games, and it hasn't just been uh, you know guys like it's been young guys like Joe Ryan, Bailey Ober. Uh, you saw Josh Winder make his debut yesterday, and Chris Paddock's going to pitch tomorrow. The Twins, uh, Johan Duran. Uh, they, the Twins have a bunch of young pitching prospects, and Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, when they were brought in after Terry Ryan was fired in 2016, both of them had big pitching backgrounds, and they came in with an emphasis to fix the pitching, and they've done a great job of that. There's a lot of young pitching on this team. If the Twins are able to get Kenta Maeda back at some point this season, that's an added bonus. There's there's a lot of pitchers the Twins have, and it's really great to see. Sonny Gray, by the way, is still on the IL. He's not even back. The Twins have a surplus of starting pitching, and the bullpen, they have to figure some things out with late-inning, high-leverage uh, spots, who's coming in in big moments. But outside of that, now I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, have we seen the last of Miguel Sano? Uh, we've seen the last of Miguel Sano as a, as a full-time starter. Uh, he went on the injured list over the weekend, and the Luis Arise is going to play first base, it looks like, for the time being. Um, Alex Kirilov will play first base when he comes off the IL. And I think when Miguel Sano does come back, I think it's going to be Kirilov and Arise and Sano all platooning first base. Now, Sano's going to get plenty of at-bats. He's not going to be benched or anything. But I think the Twins have given up on Miguel Sano, and I honestly think they gave up on him last season. Uh, when you saw Kirilov starting to play more than him at first base. Miguel Sano's in the last year of his contract, and Alex Kirilov will be the starting first baseman on opening day next season. 
I don't think Miguel Snow's making eight to ten million dollars a year. If you got to re-sign him, you're going to have to pay him more money than that. I don't think the Twins want to do that for somebody uh, who's given them as much inconsistency as Snow has. I think Miguel Snow. I think his days. Uh, I think his days are almost up in Minnesota. It's going to be. They're going to play him this season. They're not going to bench him, and he's not going to be DFA'd or anything unless something drastic happens. But. Uh, yeah, he's definitely playing his last season in Minnesota this year. How good is Byron Buxton? Well, uh, you tell me. Uh, he's hit another home run last night. He's got six or seven already in the first month, and he missed a week of the first month of the season. I know Byron Buxton and how Rocco handles him with injuries always kind of irks Twins fans, and it always bugs them when knee soreness scratches him late in the lineup. Uh, you know, I understand that. But man, when Bi- they're trying to keep Buxton healthy, they're trying to just micromanage a little bit. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but Byron Buxton is an MVP when healthy. He is the MVP of the league. He's just as good as Mike Trout when he's healthy, more dynamic in the field and on the base pass, and that ball just jumps off Byron Buxton's bat. So that's my opinion, and uh, that's I think that's a home run. Byron Buxton is an MVP. So there you go. This has been The Cycle, a part of the Morning Sports Desk. Corey will be back and joining us tomorrow. Until then, this has been The Morning Sports Desk for Monday, May 2nd. Hi, I'm Bamboo HR. Yes, the actual software. Mom was a one, dad was a zero. It all started when I realized how hard HR's job is. Hey, HR, can you find me the perfect candidate? Oh, and can you make sure when they start, they don't leave in the first 12 months like everybody else? Oh, and can you react quickly to every single curveball an employee government agency or the company throws at you every day always? (sighs) HR, you deserve software that has your back. And well, that's me. Try it free at BambooHR.com. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffles Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at GrifflesPlasma.com.